Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. What's up, guys? Welcome in to Overtime on a live and local 610 Saturday. We started with the K-State KU game and obviously now transitioning over to Overtime. It's Jillian Carroll here with Unicero and Julio Sanchez. We are live in the Brown and Crouppen studios. Welcome in, guys. What a gorgeous day today. Yeah, it's pretty nice out here. And uh, we're starting now. I look at the uh, I look at the, mo- the weather app on my iPhone. Besides Monday. <laughs> we are going to have at least 50s every day for the next 10 days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Looks like today is like the unofficial start to spring. We so can I'm, name pretty, it that. I'm pretty excited about this now. We're getting this March weather coming in on leap day here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Might actually uh, get on one of these patios here pretty soon over here in the state of Kansas. Patio drinking, my favorite. Exactly. It's the best. Love Especially it. weather like this. It's just, it's like days like this are made for that. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I'm at the find me a patio here tomorrow and <laughs> do some drinking and some reading or whatever. What's the best patio bar in Kansas City? That's a hard question. Hmm. I, I mean, I could think of like seven off the top of my head. Yeah, wow. you know, literally, that is a very difficult question. Chime in, please, on Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line because I don't even know if we could. There's a blue moose over have on to the over say on like the Missouri five, side. Maybe. There's a blue moose over on the Missouri side. It's got a nice patio. Landing up north, South Casey. Uh, Landing uh, up north. north. I don't think I've ever been there. So La Bodega, I would say. I would say anything in Westport. Um, yeah, Charbar. Yes. Port Fonda, yes. probably Charbar. Yes, I would. I mean, um, even in P and L, there's a couple of good little places there. Um, but couple spots down by City Market. Literally everywhere, even all the way out to, oh my gosh, I'm blanking, but um, in Leewood, uh, but on 119th, I'm blanking. It is. 119th in Leewood. Oh, it, has good, it has a good patio, good inside, outside. It's by the Max door. Drive me nuts. I'm not as versed on like anything at River Market or anything on like like the Kansas side. I'm still discovering the Kansas side as far as like bars go, like with the patios on them. Brewtop has a good rooftop. There patio. is one. There is one. I think it's, I, I don't know Brewtop, if it's still yeah. around. Uh, it's called John's Big Deck. Yeah, that one's yeah. dope. That one's good. That, that one's is good. any day of the good. year you could yes. go there. Yes, you could. You could. But <laughs> Not yeah, even a day like this weather. And pickle. Yeah. Why can't I think of the place on 119th and Row? <laughs> there's, a, there's a dog one. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. There's a dog one up near downtown, just north of downtown called Bar K. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one's good. Mm-hmm. Only if you have four-legged friends, which I don't, and I don't want them near me when I'm drinking. Sorry. All it's the local bad. breweries. You can just rent someone else's dog. Boulevard's fun, too. There. In their beer Boulevard hall, they have, it's nice. like an open. Yeah, Boulevard yeah. is nice. Yeah. So fun. Um, but yeah, today's the day for it. So if you're out doing that, hopefully you have us on the app, on the radio.com app. Yes. Um, but it's a good day for sports, too. You know, we've got the combine on now. Checking in on that. Um, KUK State, big rivalry. Good game. Like, it was a good matchup today. Way more competitive than I thought. Yes. Obviously ended in KU's favor, um, but yeah, just a good game. We've got some XFL going on. Uh, K-State grad former Steeler um, coming up big for the XFL New York Guardians as well. Um, good to see a local guy there. 
Um, and then I have to chime in with an update from the Wichita Wind Surge. Um, the Marlins AAA team out in Wichita, their stadium is coming along beautifully. It is it is really going to be a state-of-the-art stadium. Um, the facility is multi-use, multi-sport. They're going to have do concerts and a lot of other things there. Um, just announced that they are um, the seating it will be over 10,000, which is awesome. Um, and Marlins man himself was at a Wichita State basketball game. The other night, I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Uh, big I victory definitely there. Didn't see. If Marlon Mans was there, Marlon Man, if Marlon's man is there, I, don't, I, don't, I usually try not to watch it. Well, he came there obviously to come check out what the Wichita Wind Surge went on a yeah. behind the scenes tour, um, and is donating five thousand dollars worth of tickets to the city for the season, which I think is cool. Good, yeah, is good cool. little nod from him. That is cool. um, but does he like, even work really? But is, he's I mean, a lawyer. He's like a he's a lawyer. I mean, he might not be a lawyer now because he makes all this money just. Showing up at games with right. that ugly but ass But honestly, though, like the guy is famous for jacket. being a sports fan. Yeah, and he's famous for wearing and, orange at games. <laughs> but who wouldn't want for. that? I would take that gig in a second. He's got a wonderful job. Best seats yeah. at huge games, gives back. Uh, you know, people love to say hi to him. People love to get to, you know, like what? I mean, goals, right? Uh, I'm not a fan of his. Like, he seems like a good Why? dude, but I just he don't. Get, the fact he that he just donates a lot of jealous. love. I am jealous. jealous. I agree with you. I am don't jealous because I Marlin's wish I'd have thought of the idea Nocero. to just wear some ugly orange. <laughs> he wears an ugly orange visor and an ugly you know, orange how many jacket of them do you and just think sits behind owns. home plate at baseball games. He probably has like a, I don't know, 50 visors, 50 plus. Really? Just on rotation. It always sure. looks like the same thing. No, I'm saying it of the same like one. It just looks like the same thing. I'm sure day. it's the same one. I'm, ju- I'm sure he just has them on rotation. He's just got a closet full of the same, the same clothes. Yeah, it's like it's like Doug and uh, the old cartoon <laughs> Doug. <laughs> like had the same t-shirt. outfit. He's <laughs> had <laughs> the same outfit, but he had multiple copies of it. Yeah, oh, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, he's, he seems like a good dude. I just, I don't know. It's like he got famous just because he wore orange stuff at the World Series. Because he's a big sports fan, and he is he is pretty generous with giving back. Like, I wish I had just worn Chiefs gear at just random baseball games or random sporting events around the country. I wish I'd have thought of it first. Yes, you're just jealous. Don't I hate. am jealous. Don't hate a Marlins man. This seems like a great, I mean, it's, it's the easiest thing. Just wear a, a very bright color behind it in a, in a venue where that doesn't fit because the team is not playing in that game and you just get famous because people are like what was that the hell is that orange dude doing behind home plate you're He's, just mad because you didn't come up with it yes and you're not rich and you're not rich enough to do yes it. and or famous yeah yeah well i don't need to be famous but i'd and like to be rich <laughs> i don't want to be famous because like people start knowing your business but i'd like to be rich i would love to be rich I think we could all right, jump on that, that one. Are we supposed to argue with that? <laughs> oh, Where do we go from I there? I thought you were going to counter that. Oh, no, you'd be humble. Huh? No, no. You could be rich and be humble. Right? I wouldn't be humble if I was rich. I will still stack the paper, I, but I won't let you know about oh, it. If He'd I'd, be the worst millionaire. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. I'll I tell agree. You what. I agree. He would send updates on his account. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you this. If, uh, if I was a billionaire, like a billionaire AB team owner, I'd be, over if again. I was a billionaire team owner, I'd be worse than Jerry Jones. He'd be worse than Antonio I would Brown. have a pool in, if, like, if, like if I owned the Royals, I'd have, a, I'd have a pool right underneath the scoreboard at Kaufman, and I'd be in it every game. You just build yourself a statue. <laughs> I would. I know you would. I'd put it right next to, I'd put it right Bronze next to all those statues there. Yeah. You're worst. You're like, the worst. Right next to George Brett. Just me like in the in the in the tub. Just me chilling on the edge like that. Yeah. <laughs> and in other news. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, obviously, cut short a little. Our show is cut short uh, slightly today due to the K-State we game. We lost a quarter of our show. Um, <laughs> That's a lot of show to lose. But we still have a lot to talk about. And, you know, right from the jump, we just wanted to address Chris Jones. Um mm-hmm. You know, looking to sign him long term. Obviously, we've talked about him all year. You know, since the guy's gotten here, he's been a big impact, and I think a grow his impact has grown steadily. Yeah, and we've talked about him being influential on the field, off the field. Um, you know, a fan favorite. The guy's really great. Um, but we get to hear from him as well. So, but just your thoughts on keeping him long term and how important that is for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have obviously shown interest in trying to retain him. Chris Jones, though, he understands it from the Chiefs' perspective, but Chris Jones really wants to get paid. Earlier this week, he appeared on The Herd with Colin Coward, and he talked about the process being a mix of emotions. It's like a mix of emotions because you figure, you know, um, after four years, you do everything the right way um, within the team way, and um, you try to stay under the line, out of trouble, and – be a good citizen for for the team and for the city, you expect to be rewarded. So, you know, when you hit with a franchise tag, it can go different ways. You can feel like um, 
they're not valuing you or they're not valuing what you bring to the table. Or you can look at it as giving them time to get them get their horses in a in a uh, in a cage and uh, get something together. Then he also talked about what has been going through his mind as the whole process has kind of made him think about how much more he has to do to prove himself. It's a little hard. It's a little hard. It's like, damn, what else y'all want me to do? I got to go out and get 30 sacks, 35 sacks to show y'all I can, you know. Uh, I get it, man. But the beautiful thing about the franchise tag, it can go one or two ways. Um, The team either... um, long-term you on um, have you for the future or they're going to trade you. So um, I mean, you're going to get paid either way. You either know that. Way. Yeah, either way. It would um, be nice I'll to get paid when you have Mahomes as a quarterback. Yeah, it, it would be nice to get paid in Kansas City and stay with Mahomes and uh, what they're building over there, what we're building. Um, it, it's exceptional. I feel like we're building a dynasty. And um, it's a, uh, for Brett Veach, it's about um, looking at the team, analyzing what you can what you can lose and what you have to keep. Right. So hearing Chris Jones talk like this, and obviously we heard him going into the Super Bowl, going throughout the playoffs, this man wants to be a Kansas City Chief. He wants to be a Chief for life. He wants his paychecks to come from the Hunt family forever. And that's the reason why like it makes me want to see him be a Chief for the rest of his career. Because we know in the past there have been times where some guys, Tony Gonzalez, didn't want to be Chiefs and wanted to get out of here. You there hate t- Tony I, I don't like that guy. You hate but him. There are times where we have seen Chiefs who are really good want to get out of here. This is a guy that wants to be here and be a part of something greater. It, if anything, obviously we know how great he is on the field. But to have a guy that really wants to be here and is not just thinking about that paycheck, that to me, that hits me like that. But he kind of is, doesn't he? He, he kind of does. Brings it he up. wants he wants his money, but he wants his money here, and like that's that's saying a lot. Obviously, you want to be paid what you're worth, but the fact that he's not sitting around like I don't care who pays me as long as I get my money. The fact that he wants to be here says a lot to me about whether or not they should bring him back. Yeah, he clearly did the work on the field and off, and he mentioned it. He said, you know, you do what you can in the community, and you try to be impactful and a high-character guy, and he's like, what else should I, What else can I be doing? So to your point that people used to want to just get paid and leave, things are changing. The tides have turned. Mahomes is here, and he even said it himself. They're building, and he said they, and then he said we, if you heard him kind of retract that. I thought that was interesting. Uh, he said, we are building an exceptional dynasty here. So I do believe he wants to say, I do believe he wants to get paid. We all know that that is the predicament, right? We all know that everybody wants to get paid what they're worth and play where they want to play. It came up when we were talking about NBA players recently as mm-hmm. far as are they swaying things? Are they having some control and kind of selfishly motivated? I believe, to your point, he does want to stay here, and I believe that he believes he put in the work on and off the field to deserve to stay. But here's the difference. What he thinks he's worth versus right. what the Chiefs <laughs> think he's worth, yeah. I don't think he's worth the Aaron Donald-type money that he thinks he's worth. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Chiefs think that. So are they going to be able to meet in the middle? Is he going to be able to take the hit of, well, I'm really not Aaron Donald? I mean, How that, bad does a, he really want to play for the Chiefs? That's a tough realization. And in, in he again, he said it himself. It's times like this that Veach has to sit down and critically analyze where we can cut. It's a business. It is. And and they get it. But I do believe what Big Red is creating here, what, you know, what Mahomes is able to do, this dynasty, taking it from Chris Jones' mouth himself, is special. And I do believe that he wants it all to be here. So it's going to be what's he willing to sacrifice, staying here or his bank account. The thing that one of the things we had to talk about, because you, you brought up the Aaron Donald contract, that contract only is, is, is only going to be less valuable as time goes along because as the salary cap increases and, you know, the players are going to certainly, if this new CBA gets ratified this week, it's going to mean more money in the pockets of the players because we're seeing right now, I think they're projecting the salary cap to be $200 million this year, which certainly works in favor of the Chiefs. So we're we're looking at more money being in the hands of the players. So if if he signs a contract around what Aaron Donald got, it's not going to feel as bad as it would, as it did when Aaron Donald signed it back when he did. So if he gets that kind of contract, then I'm cool with it. Because here's the thing you have to worry, you have to think about is like, 
this team is obviously going to cut costs wherever it can. That's just going to happen. And one of the things that we've seen in, in the last couple of years is Brett Veach has actually done really well with these drafts. We'll, we'll actually talk about that. He'll tell you all about it. He will. <laughs> oh, he will. He'll let messing. you know. We'll talk about that more in the, in the next segment. But I, I think that they can afford to do that. And I think and Veach has, has, has kind of alluded to this as well. They can afford to do it. It's just a matter of what do they actually have to sacrifice right. in order to do that. And the thing is, is I don't think that sacrifice is as much as we would think it is if because we got Patrick Mahomes. And because we got Patrick Mahomes, you can afford to go out and pay guys like Chris Jones because then you can say, okay, we'll take hits elsewhere and we'll let the we'll bring in young guys, we'll bring in guys in the draft, we'll bring in guys like an Anthony Hitchens, except not being paid as much, and we'll bring in the guys who are kind of the bargain bin players, the Brashad Breelands, and see if we can get more out of them than than another team did. I think that's what they're probably going to have to do because, frankly, the Mahomes contract is going to hurt them. They're going to have to find a way to do that anyways. I think they'll find they can find a way to work around that Chris Jones contract. But from my from my book, when you have a guy that really wants to play for you as bad as he does. And he's really good. It's not like he's he's an okay player. He's great at what he does. You bring that guy back. And I believe that is what they want to do as well. I think so, but yeah. again, like we've just talked about, it's a numbers game at this mm-hmm. point. So we'll see. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear from Brett Beach himself, maybe a little bit about uh, Chris Jones keeping him, and then also Sammy Watkins. More overtime after this. My favorite right there. Easily. Hands down. They all sound the same to me. <laughs> no, that's they, the best. They all sound the same to me. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, there's some with horns and there's some without horns. But they Whatever. all sound the same to me. No, that's the best. <laughs> Overtime <not> <laughs> continues with the best music right there. Coming back from break. Yeah, what is that generic Julio. song number three with horns? Probably some weird name. <laughs> number five. Number, number five. five. That's where it's at. <laughs> uh, thanks for staying with us over time on 610 AM Sports Radio. The home of the Kansas City Chiefs. I absolutely well, love where, to say where that. Where are the bo- broadcast partner? The home is, the home. is 106.5 The Wolf. We're the broadcast partner. Yes, <clears> we're, <throat> the, we're the broadcast partner. <laughs> the home. You can listen to games on 106.5 The Wolf, our sister station. We're obviously pretty excited about um all of the connections we have with the Chiefs and just, you know, obviously a big year for them. But one guy in particular that we are a fan of, I don't know, we are going to discuss. <laughs> I know I'm a fan of. I think he did a great job. Brett Veach um, has been credited for bringing in some big names, influential players to the organization. Uh, one which we were just talking about, Chris Jones, this decision that whether he will be with the team long term or not, Brett Veach will obviously have a large role to play in that decision. Yeah, and Brett Veach, he's kind of been the star of the uh he's really kind of been he's been the star GM since the since the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Well really before because all we heard about was how leading in about how much he, he thought that Patrick Mahomes was the greatest football player you ever saw when he was scouting him back in twenty seventeen. But he appeared on Pro Football Talk and he had a lot to say in regards to contracts that the Chiefs are going to have to work around, work through this offseason. Here's him talking about our uh, signal caller, Patrick Mahomes, and his contract situation. I don't know if there's a timetable. We have time, and he's not, listen, he's going to be a a Chiefs quarterback for a long, long time. Um, Certainly with the CBA, looks like it's going to get worked out, and, um, you know, there'll be some dialogue there that we'll have to work through. Um, And then just really just trying to, and I think the cool thing about Pat and his agent is they realize that, you know, he's going to make a lot of money, but they also realize that, you know, no one operates in the sense of taking the extreme team discount, but Pat is also very cognizant of wanting to be um, in a place like Kansas City and win a lot of Super Bowls. And there are some things um, to help the team to make sure that there's always talent around him. So it'll take time. It'll get done. Right. Um, But he's one of those uh, kids. He's a special kid and his agent. They want to make sure he's surrounded with a bunch of talent too yeah. because I mean he's he's chasing rings and that's a good thing and a good situation for us to be in too. Yeah, we are And then Brett Veach talked about the Chris Jones contract situation as well. You know, when you do something that hadn't been done in a franchise for 50 years that win a Super Bowl, um, you realize that you had a talented team yeah. and you know, when you get Frank Clark and Chris Jones, you know, on that defensive line um, to go with 
Pat Mahomes on the offensive side, that's a there's no better place to start. Um, there'll be some difficulties and some challenge, challenges for us, and you know, to manipulate everything. But it's certainly something that we want to get done, and we're going to work to see if we can make it happen. And then he tackled one Sammy Watkins and his contract situation. Yeah, Sammy's a guy that. Um, you know, like like Chris, that we're going to have dialogue with this week, and you know, there's certainly different options and, and different um, scenarios that could play out with him. He's a guy that, that we do want back. Um, again, these are good problems to have because you win a Super Bowl, you obviously have a lot of good players, and they make a lot of money. But um, but you know, Sammy's a guy that, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, he's been critical to our, our playoff success, and and um, you know, just having dialogue again, like we're going to meet with the Cats brothers, we'll meet with Tory Dandy, Sammy's agent. We have good relationship with these guys, and we'll sit down and we'll talk about the landscape of where we are and what would make sense to us and and how we can make this work, and we'll get feedback from them in regards to what they're looking for, and hopefully we can bridge a gap and, and make something happen and, and keep as many of these good players on our team as possible. Those cuts courtesy of Pro Football Talk Live and, of course, their uh, live press conference that they did at the Combine. This brings to question, are we at the point now where we can, just like we do with Dayton Moore, say, in Veach we trust in regards to these contract situations. Because obviously with Dayton Moore, we trust this process. They won a World Series. And he certainly was the the catalyst behind that with the way that he built the roster over the eight years that they had that they had built it before. Now Brett Veach being the being that star GM, are we now at the point where we just give Veach the benefit of the doubt until he he proves that he doesn't doesn't deserve it? He has proven that he his practices have been successful. What he has done, who he has brought in, they have been successful. So thus far, there is no reason not to trust him. There is reason to trust uh, the decisions he's made. Um, they've obviously paid off. I appreciate so much how he is not pretending that this is not going to be a difficult dis- like discussion between yeah. organization and agent, organization and player. I appreciate that he just comes out and says, hey, we're going to sit down, try to understand what they need, what they want, and we're going to go back and try to make it work. I appreciate that he is not trying to sugarcoat anything. You know, yeah. I mean, he is, but he isn't. You know what I mean? He's being pretty honest with it. And, um, hey, it's a tough situation to be in, right? That is big decision. Um, there could be just – there's just heavy implications whether these guys stick around or not. So thus far, everything he's done has been successful in the big picture. So as far as a trust question that you're bringing up, thus far he is credible. He has been successful. He has been – proving and building trust i believe so it's just a matter of okay is he on dayton moore's level yet i don't know if he's just it's apples to oranges at this point because he's just so fresh in you know what i mean yeah i i I think that's a good point about whether you know him being at the point where he's still really fresh because this is what is this will be his third season with the team as the general manager so there's still a lot of room that we have still a lot of unknown. He hasn't had to deal with the the situation that exactly. he's in now where he has all of the, the contracts that he has to get taken care of this off season. They've got a lot of cap commitments. So this is going to be one of those off seasons that really shows whether or not he is that, that, that great, amazing GM. But I think thus far, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt simply because of the fact that what he did taking over, in a, a really tough situation yes. for John Dorsey. Mm-hmm. It, it They were at a point where they needed to win a Super Bowl to <laughs> validate all the work that they've done with Andy Reid before. They had to find value in the draft. They had to find guys that were going to essentially overperform where they were slotted at. Guys who were going to, even if they were third, you know, second and third day draft picks, were going to come in and bring you good, solid minutes. We saw that second day last year where he gets Juan Thornhill. He gets Colin Saunders. Those two guys were major contributors to the defense this past season. Mm -hmm. And it's like stuff like that is what really kind of builds your legend as a general manager. You know, the, the one of the things that we talked about going into the season last year was the things that were not addressed in our eyes. The fact that the linebacking core looked really weak. The fact that there were questions about the defensive line. I sir, I was a little uneasy about the defensive line. The cornerback situation was certainly not something that made people comfortable. And yet, we see that it worked. Them trusting Charvarius Ward. Them bringing in Bashad Breeland a year after we thought we were going to get him. 
and the fact that they trusted that rookie and, and won Thornhill and he paid he paid off with great performance throughout the year. And you got those good rotational guys on the interior of that defensive line and at the opposite defensive end spot from Frank Clark. It, there's so many things that he did that were that were really well done, and it shows that he can find value in the draft and free agency. That I, I think at this point now we got to have the benefit, given the benefit of the doubt in regards to his the way that he's going to enter these contract negotiations. And like you know, like you said, it's good that he's being transparent with us about it. Mm-hmm. He's not just trying to sell us on you know, rainbows and lollipops <laughs> right. and all that oh, other stuff. Oh, we're going to be fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He's telling us, hey, this is going to be some difficult negotiations, but we trust that there's going to be good faith between both sides and we're going to get something done. And I like that because that tells me that he's going to be honest with us and it's tell me that he tells me that he's going to be very genuine about how he is going to present each, each situation cuz some GMs they try to use the media and the fans against players yeah. to try to get them to take less the fact that he understands that you know, that's not a good idea is something that I respect so I think yeah at this point now we give him the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see what happens here with this very difficult offseason he has as general manager. Certainly, but an important one. Yeah, as, it, as, it's it's vital. If they want to, if they can, if they can win this offseason, they're looking pretty nice for the next couple of years as far as winning Super Bowls. <laughs> Let's hope that's the case. All right, when we come back, top of the hour, Julio brings us some fun web hits. Don't go anywhere. Horn song number four. Get up. Generic song with horn with horns number four. Quit being a hater, man. Can't stop making Kenya. First Marlins man, now Julio's music choice. Jeez. I'm, I'm just destroying everything tonight. You know why? It's because he's hangry. He keeps during break. He keeps seeing how hungry, hungry. he is. And there's like I don't know what it is. Uh, there's, like, there's like a stain. <laughs> Somebody put a stain over here on the carpet. Someone put and a stain. It, I'm trying to figure out what it is. Whoa, whoa. It's one what of kind three of things. It smells bad. I'm not going to lie. It smells like Taco Bell mild sauce, soy sauce, or Worcestershire sauce. Or all of them mixed together. Is it Binks Chew? I mean, I don't think it's Binks Chew. It's a big stain. Oh, that's nasty. It's a big stain, and that would be disgusting. That would be very disgusting. But there's a big-ass stain It's a very real possibility, right? I mean, if he spilled his chew cup, then, ugh. But... It could be that I don't know. We have the, we have the I'm a, I'm gonna have to send Bink a text later. Like, what the hell did you do to the floor in the studio? Because it looks like soy sauce or the Taco Bell mild sauce, but it's a big stain, so you'd have to get a lot of Taco Bell mild sauce to get it over here. Gross. It is gross. But, but he I, just keeps really, on hating because he's hungry, really and hungry. I think this nasty smell I mean, I, is making no, him more hungry. See, I don't I don't like Mar. I would have I don't like Marlon Marlon's man anyways, so I would be like that anyways. Hmm. But it is it is adding taking it to a different level. It's just you I'm being really, normal. It's just you being you. It's fine. Really hungry. I don't. Have, we're not gonna go out till dinner till seven. I'm gonna have to eat, eat a snack. snack. I'm probably you got time. Gonna, probably gonna have to eat a snack. You're right. So let's get the Julio's weapons. All right. First one we got here. Tony Romo and CBS have agreed to a deal that will make him the highest NFL analyst in TV history. Uh, highest paid. The highest paid. Yeah. <laughs> Not the highest. The highest paid. Uh, deal that will pay him around <laughs> no, 17 that would be million hilarious per season. That'd be hilarious if he did. <laughs> Still a hater. <laughs> I'm not hating. I'm saying that's good. That's a good thing. Continue. Your thoughts? <laughs> 17 mil per season? I think what highest he does. Highest in history? I think he brings a lot to any booth that he is in. I think his insight is. Um, it's just spot on. It's incredible. Uh, I don't love him. I don't love listening to him. You don't him. love Tony Romo? I don't, what? As a broadcaster, I do not love the games he's on. But I do think sometimes the insight is just like, he just calls it right for it. And then you see it happen. And you're like, geez. Tony Romo is the greatest color commentator in sports history ever. Better than anyone. You can name someone. He's better than that guy. 
I don't know if you can say that quite yet. Yeah, I can say it. I can say it. I'm bold enough to say it right now in 2020. He's angry enough that he's just going to come out. I'm gonna, yeah, it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> bleep the the bleep the the repercussions. I'm saying it. he's the best color commentator in sports history. I think it's making you a little delirious. I really. love Tony Romo. I just I love hearing him. He he knows so much about the game. He do, his knowledge and insight is he cool. knows is. football so much. Like you remember John Madden. I love John Madden, but John Madden would just say the most obvious things. That you watched, and you're like, yeah, I, I know, John. Like, that's what it was like. But Tony is, like, teaching you about That's football. the cool part for me. And I that? love that. And I, I, a lot of people didn't like the whole predicting the play before the snap. I love that, too. Because I was like, man, th- these quarterbacks are so smart. I love that. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you who would make a great color commentator. He would never do it. Marlins man? Nah, nah. <laughs> Bill Belichick. Okay. I don't know if you guys have watched that yeah. NFL 100 team, all-time yeah. team. No. That man absolutely. knows football. But you have to have some personality. And no, you he's have got to personality have when he's talking about football. He have... doesn't have any personality when he's talking about his football team or himself. Oh, but when he was talking, I was watching, he was talking about Sammy Baugh and Otto Graham and Johnny Unitas and all these other old-school football players. Oh, he was, he was like a kid in a candy store. That man loves football. He's like the Grinch to me. I mean, that seems like someone that that he gives off as a coach. But his players will say that who he he makes himself out to be in the media is totally different than who he is in the locker room. Yeah, he is. When you saw when I watched him, I was surprised, too. When I saw him on that NFL 100 special, I'm like, man, this dude loves football. (laughs) I would love to see him in studio as an analyst or I'd love to see, see him. He wouldn't he wouldn't he would never do color commentary. But if he ever did. It be must if, if you're like a football junkie, yeah. it is appointment television because that man knows football like no other. I would love to see him in a in a, a in a commentary booth when he finishes his coaching career. Do you think people would just not tune in because it's Belichick? They would check it out at first. I and do then they would see I know his, I would. I would be curious. Everybody would, would be curious. And they'd see it and they're like, oh, this guy's because that's what it was like with Romo too. Everyone was curious because we had never seen an athlete get that kind of push where he's on the A team for an announcing for for an announcing team immediately after he finishes his career. Never been done before, and it paid off in spades. I think it'd be great <laughs> if Belichick did it. What's next? Uh, TCU defensive tackle Ross Blaylock, or I'm sorry, Blacklock, Blacklock, <laughs> who okay. he informed reporters on Thursday that he found out during his interview with the Oakland Raiders this week that he was issued 37 parking tickets while at TCU. That's he had, when he found out. That's when he found out. <laughs> Apparently, he had no clue that he had 37 parking tickets. Is this? How they get a this playing, information? Playing dumb act, or it's got to be. Well, I, that's what I think. I, I feel like he knew he had parking tickets. Maybe he just didn't know. Maybe it was not thirty-seven total. Yeah, maybe he didn't know the exact number. Maybe the university was just like you know, they, like you know how the two ferry comes in and puts money on a pill and takes it. Maybe that's what it was. Like they had some, they had a fixer going in there and taking care of those parking tickets for him, <laughs> so he didn't have to pay for that stuff, and that's why he never knew about these. But parking they didn't tickets. take care of it. Well, well, they took care of pay. it. They just kept it on. They or just maybe, kept it. It maybe just, he's just saying you could have paid them, but however, dude, you got 37 parking tickets. What does that say? I At mean, what point do they tow your car, too? Well, he's a player, so they're not going to tow his car. They're not, gonna, not. they're not going to. They're just giving him a ticket, and then the you know one of the coaches, or the, the, the fixer, the janitor, as they the call them. The fixer will come in. The janitor will come in, and he'll put the money on the table, and they'll, they'll like, okay, we're good. So I'm wondering if they were bringing this up for the purpose of why did you get 37 parking tickets in four years, or they were unpaid. I mean, Regardless, I'm not going to lie. For the guy to not know, not buying it. Right, I don't not buy buying it. it at all. I can see it. I can see it being it. something that actually happened. Cause I'm not buying it because you're talking to somebody who got probably just as many parking tickets in her four years, and I, I was an athlete. And I, every time I went out to my car, the little orange ticket was right there. I think I only got two. <laughs> yep. I think I, I got two. I was well aware of it. <laughs> When yep. I was at Mizzou, I think I got two, and I don't think I paid them ever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. I was going to say, I'll actually, be I honest, they, I have a few from KU. Actually, actually, I got one at Mizzou, and I got one at UMKC. I think they actually add them on to, like, whatever you over, like, tuition or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I paid so, the UMKC. So I ended up having to pay those, but, like, I never, like. I paid all mine, and I, I should have a building a called the Jillian Carroll Building on the University of Northern Iowa campus by now because yeah, maybe I, they should build a parking structure and name it yeah, they should name a, They should name a spot. <laughs> At the at, at the at Virginia at the Virginia Avenue parking complex at Mizzou for my name because I did so much illegal parking there 
They, I didn't get ticketed, but I did a lot of legal parking over I, there. Yeah. I think this guy knew, and I think he was like, oh, geez, I'm in this interview. But how resp- irresponsible to appear like you don't know. Right. This guy's just like, he's just this, this is bad. It's just bad. These football <laughs> players get protected. They got, like, they don't, do they, ha- they don't have, they don't have janitors for the, for the soccer team, right? But they do for the football team. We had, we had part of our team is who we called them, take yeah. care of our laundry, our yeah, but I'm talking about like a person that takes care of the problems that the players no. get into. You don't have a janitor up Females there. Females have good heads on their shoulders, bro. But these bro. football teams got <laughs> janitors. That's what they do. So Come on. I'm, I'm telling you, the, he, he, it's very likely he was oblivious to this. Not buying it. What's next? Not buying it either. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, two LSU frat brothers and a female companion were arrested this week after cops say they broke into the LSU Tiger Stadium. Uh, whipped around a souped-up golf cart, tearing up the field, <laughs> causing tons of damage. But get this, they only got caught because a few weeks later, one of the guys returned and did the same thing and got caught. <laughs> Sorry, you had me at souped-up <laughs> golf cart to begin with. soup up a golf cart? <laughs> put some rims they on put like it, turbo, some they turbocharge it. And that's the only one that they were willing to take. Who's putting rims <laughs> and, I mean, and, and spinners on a golf cart? Have you not seen I've seen Who it before. Who was impressed by What's that? What's that movie that somebody did have a souped-up golf cart? Oh, shoot. Well, I thought I, 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 I was going to have to dump her for a second. How did the other two get caught? I thought I was going to dump you for a second. Yeah, so these morons yeah, got away with it once, came back. One guy came back and got He's the one that got caught. By himself? By himself. And he snitched the rest Russell, of the crew he, out? He had to have, right? He had to have snitched. See, that's the guy you never talk to ever again right there. Like, y'all got away with it the first time. If you get away with the first time and you and you as an individual get caught, you don't snitch. <laughs> well, and they recorded oh, this themselves, me. I, too. I would snitch my friends out. They but recorded themselves. That's the funniest They released the video. <laughs> like, I would, I, would, I would snitch my friends out. But, like, like, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to snitch like that. You're also not supposed to get caught. <laughs> Well, one guy got caught, but then he told on everyone else. Oh, Lord. I wonder what they they had to do to get him to actually come up with the, oh, yeah, the rest of the guys, here's the other people that I did it with. Like, what did they have to threaten him with? Did they, like, oh, we're going to kick you out of the university? They had to do that. Or say, like, we're going to make you pay for it. $8,000 worth of damage. That was, they had a slow $8,000. And they were athletes or just students? Just Just students. students. I don't know. Why would you go back if you get away with it one time? Because they got away with go it. Back? But like, just be, if you get away with it, just just be just have just be the person that got away with ruining the field. You don't have to go try it again to see if you can do it again. It's weird that he went back by himself. Maybe that's why you got caught. You had nobody with you. Yeah, you need you need at least a lookout at the very. You don't need a like an accomplice who's like doing it with you on the field. But you need at least a lookout to be like, hey, security's about to come. Right. So they're facing, felon- they're facing felony burglary, Ooh. misdemeanor, trespassing, and fel- felony unauthorized use of a vehicle. They're, they probably have rich parents. I need them to rewrite parents. that and say felony uh, use of a souped-up golf cart. <laughs> they probably have rich parents, so they'll probably get off on the felony. You know what? This assume. is so sad, but so true. It's not sad, but it's... Uh, no, yeah, it that's is. Oh, very that's sad. sad. Yeah, that's sad. I thought you were talking about the guys rolling around the golf cart. No, pranks yeah, are pranks. I think they're yeah. funny, but I, I think mean... It's, I think it's funny, too, because especially because <laughs> LSU, and I hate LSU because I'm a Florida fan, so... Not when it's $8,000 worth of damage, though. Souped-up golf cart. I wish I knocked over one of the goalposts or something. (laughs) All right. That was Web Hits with Julio. Never a dull moment. When we return, MLS is back for its 25th anniversary, and we're talking about it more overtime after this. AM Sports Radio. It's another live and local Saturday. It's Jillian, Uno Cero, and Julio Sanchez. And we are looking toward with the about 30-ish minutes left in the show and wanted to spend some time uh, reminiscing over the past 25 years of MLS. So Major League Soccer making its debut in the States. Um, you know, a critical piece of soccer coming to the United States was Lamar Hunt. I think sometimes people forget that, but he had played a big role in bringing the game here. Um, 
and you know the Hunt family still continues to have a big impact there obviously um with the Kansas City Wizards being their first team and then selling that um, and now with FC Dallas being their team. Yeah, and they also own the uh, Columbus Crew as well. Columbus initially. Crew, yes, partial owners, yeah, partial yeah. owners there. Um, um, you know, just, just pretty influential, but 25 years of MLS. You know, we were just talking kind of off air. The 94 Olympics created a buzz, created momentum, and the next year MLS was a thing, and it started small. But Kansas City had always ha- always had a presence there. I remember clearly days that I would go to games with my dad. They played at Arrowhead. Um, I was obsessed with Chris Klein because, yes, he was a good player, but he was so handsome. And, <laughs> you know, we had big names on Such the a team. Dream, <laughs> we had Tony Miola. We had Precky. We had, I mean, so many names that were huge, and they were right here in Kansas City. So to think about the growth just of the game in general and the league in general over 25 years is it's as a fan myself, I'm thrilled for them. Very excited for the future as well, but it's a lot to take in. I mean, it's just steadily grown, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's doesn't really feel like it's been 25 no, years. It certainly feels young still. Cause the league feels really, really new still. And if they've added, first off, we already know they expanded way too much. They got way too many damn teams in this league now. They're moving, man. They, and then obviously the second league as well. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah, but they, they certainly have been pushing here, especially in now in these days of massive television rights, fees deals. So they're getting a lot more money than they had in the past. They're getting a lot of support, not only from regional networks, but from the national networks as well. So there's a lot more money flowing in. You're seeing more contracts go out there that are larger than before. Top players now are in they're making approaching 10 million, but they're not quite there yet. This league has definitely become, I think it could eventually reach that point where it is one of the power sports It's going to take some time. It's going to take some decades, I think, because baseball is still very much ingrained in American society. Obviously football is the premier sport in our country and basketball is growing a lot as well. And basketball now is the number two sport in the country. It just we're we're starting to see the MLS grow more and more. I think it's probably going to be closer to what baseball is as far as its fandom, where it's going to be more of a regional sport. Like you're going to root for the teams in your area, and you're not going to watch a whole lot of the national stuff like we do with like the NFL and the NBA. But I do think that with the addition of bigger stars coming over from Europe, with the creation of bigger of big stars here in our country. I think you're going to see that game grow more and more. And certainly it's really cool seeing that this league is 25 years old now and they have the stability that well, almost 25 They're This is their 25th season. And it's really cool to see that they are growing and expanding though. They need to stop adding teams to this damn league. I don't know. I love it. I'm all for it, but I, I do appreciate, um, you know, obviously we're talking about it's going to be the 25th season. Uh, I think the USL is a critical piece to sustaining the growth because we have seen, um, you know, unfortunately on the women's side, the leagues there come and go, if you will, and just are struggling to, to just create that foundation. So MLS still young, we've talked about that, but what they've done now, and I think we're a phenomenal example of it right here in Kansas City. Obviously, after Kansas City Wizards became Sporting Kansas City, Peter Vermees and his crew, what he does there and what he has instilled is just this vertical alignment, and it is from top to bottom. Kids can be playing and part of the sporting family as young as two years old all the way up to the first team. So what they've really done with that is – I believe is created a future. So it never stops. Right. So it's from the time a kid's two years old, girls or boys, they're in, they're interested, they're learning, they're educated, they're being challenged and growing as players. And obviously the the goal is to funnel up through and make it to, you know, sporting Kansas city two and then sporting Kansas city. So, um, Teams are are doing that, and I think that is what's going to continue the growth and just, again, that sustainability. But I know you say you don't want more teams. I do. I think it's tremendous. But I do want more USL teams as well. And then you know this is coming. I need them to support the NWSL. Yeah. To me, that's more important than adding more teams in the the MLS because we're at – pushing 30 we don't need that many damn teams in the mls we are good where we're at let's focus on adding the to the nwsl because 
There are not that many teams in that league. They can financially support it because they got that those TV rights fees now. They can invest in that, and I think it would be really good for soccer as a whole in America, especially considering the fact that we're the best at women's soccer in the world. Certainly. How about we invest in that? We are seeing the successful NWSL franchises are linked to the MLS teams. So obviously in Orlando, in Houston, yeah. and Seattle, that's where we're seeing um, Portland is a very good example where we're seeing that um, – is so important. So that's a big piece of it. And that's a whole nother show we could go on to, but we won't, we do want to bring it back because MLS season opens today. So I know Houston was playing earlier, but sporting Kansas city, um, is in Vancouver yes. and, um, you Man, know, nine 30 tonight, nine 30 central time. So check it out. Um, those coast games are tough, you know, yes. every time you go, you know, either East or West is just difficult, but um, big matchup. And I think a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes are on these guys right now. A lot of eyes are on Peter Vermees. And this has this season, I think has a lot. Uh, it pulls a lot of weight. So obviously we know first time in what, eight years that the team did not make the playoffs last mm-hmm. year. Yep. Very disappointing. And a lot of injuries, a lot of, you know, excuses, I think were provided. I think the injuries were a very valid um reason I wouldn't say any type of excuse there but you know some big changes were made we've got Polito we've got Kinda the roster looks strong and we've talked about this prior to but it's just going to be a matter of all these big guys that came in brought their own style their own culture their own um, kind of swag and it's going to be are they going to be able to gel are they going to be able to fall in line under Peter Hermes and if they do the roster is very strong the season should be successful the the guy that is going to be under the most scrutiny besides Vermees, Vermees, yeah, because Vermees is going to be under so much because you can't have a year like you had last year. You Unfortunately, just can't. not. And and frankly, with the amount of success that he's had, I think the amount of pressure he's going to have him this year is a little unfair because he certainly has a track record to show that he knows how to get stuff done. And really quickly on that, the only guy to be in the same organization for twelve years, the mm-hmm. only coach and player to win MLS Cup, the only person to win MLS Cup as a coach mm-hmm. and a player, not to mention Open Cups. Um, I mean, the, the success that this guy has had is it is unparalleled. Yeah. And I think it's important to remind people of that because I know we're going to get into it. Just, it's going to be a difficult season for him if they don't yeah. perform. Yeah. If they don't perform, I feel like the most hardcore of hardcores are going to be calling for his head. For and sure. I yeah. feel like that'd be a little unfair because he has had a level of success that very few coaches in soccer at any level have. Very you few just coaches. I it. think I, you don't have that level sport. of success in your league. I mean, it's just, Soccer, we know, especially if you watch all of the 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 Power Five leagues over in Europe, very volatile. Coaches yeah. don't stick around for more yeah. than three, four years before they go. And the fact that he has been here, he has weathered the storm. He has been constantly having to try and answer questions about where you're going to find a goal scorer, when you're going to find a goal scorer, when you're going to do this, when you do that. And the fact that he's making the playoffs almost every single year. That man deserves the benefit of the doubt in any situation. And that's the reason why I'm really rooting that they don't have a kind of year that like they, even close to a year like they had last year because of that. But aside from Vermees, Alan Polito has so much pressure on him right. because he's he's the he's the big money man. <laughs> and this team it did it, it was like whenever they brought in it's like when the Royals brought in Gilmesh back in what was it 0708 oh, it was 07 it was a long time ago mm-hmm. and then just recently last few years when they brought in Ian Kennedy and they and they re-signed Alex Gordon to all that I mean yeah it's Alex Gordon for all that money and all of a sudden now we start looking at you like you got paid all this money you you got to you got to come through now and it's going to be like that with Polito they spent so much money bringing him in and they're definitely paying him a lot of money to be here he is going to be under a lot of scrutiny from the very beginning to go out there and be a force on the offensive end. And that is going to be really the deciding factor whether or not they are back in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If Polito doesn't go out there and, and carry the team with his scoring ability, it's going to be tough for them to get back because aside from Polito, there's still a lot of question marks on that back line. Yes, and there's a lot of question marks in the midfield. And we we can say injuries, yeah, and injuries certainly played a factor. They were tough last year. But even without the injuries, there were a lot of guys on that team that didn't perform the way that they should. 
and we can look over at Beasler, and he wasn't the same that he had been during the during his better years. We can look at Elie, we can look at Felipe. Zusi had a tough time. Zusi had a real he tough struggled. time on defense. He struggled on defense. He was still effective offensively, but defensively, he he looked like he needed to be moved back up into the midfield. And you know, Johnny wasn't quite the same shallow. We had a down year. There's a whole lot of guys you could look at and say they just did not perform well. So there's a lot of pressure on him, on on him to go out there and do his part, so he can cover up for some of the potential deficiencies that this team that this team could have. Yes, and I know we have some some young fresh legs, and I'm looking for a big year out of Busio, for example. Yes, um, he should get a lot of playing time this year I'm in that midfield. For that, yeah. yeah, I do think him and Felipe Gutierrez, if they can get together, I think that what they could create together is going to be pretty special. And of course, Ilya behind them, I think that'd be really cool. Um, and pretty impactful. So, you know, um, it, again, 25 years of this league, we've seen so much growth and trends come and go. And, you know, now we're seeing, for example, Bustio, the younger guys coming up earlier. Um, it's going to be a tough one to, for, you know, we saw Seth Sinovic leave the team. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Matt Beasler is still there, staying strong. You know, no other club, uh, hometown kid. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough, uh, season. I think they're up for it. I think they are at this point. They just have no other choice. They really don't. I mean, so. at this point now, like if they have a really bad season, people are going to be calling for wide, wide scale changes. And this team could be vastly different a year from now if they are not going out there and showing that they are a contender in, in the, uh, in the Western conference. Right, and they kick off tonight. Again, we've talked about it. They are 9.30 Central um, at BC Palace in where Vancouver. Vancouver. <laughs> uh, Vancouver. Playing Vancouver the Whitecaps. Caps. And following uh, March 7th, they are at home. So season yes. opener at home. Mm-hmm. They welcome in Houston, That which should be fun. All right, enough for MLS. Best of luck to them tonight. And I'm thrilled MLS is back. It's been a while. I feel like we need it. So exciting stuff there when we come back we're talking nfl cba more overtime after this Today, we have to talk through the NFL CBA. Obviously, we know the vote comes up soon. I think so. it's uh, I think it's tomorrow is when I'm not tomorrow, but Monday is when they're expecting to start the voting process for players. So this is big. Uh, you know, this is this sets the tone for the year, for years to come, for a lot. So it's pretty big decisions that. Um, uh, they'll, they'll be voting on, which I do appreciate the fact that they do get to vote. Yeah. And I imagine that the guys take it pretty seriously. I hope they do. Especially now because the provisions that they're voting on, expansion of the regular season to 17 games, an additional wild card team in, for each conference in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But players will see an increase in the revenue split. I believe it would go up from 47% to 48.5% if they okay the additional regular season game. And the addition of two wild card teams, one to wild one wild card team to each conference. So it's a pretty big. I think they equated it to like five billion dollars in an increase in revenue over the life of the CBA if it gets ratified this week. That is insane. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And it's like we just said, it's it would change. I feel like the season would feel completely different. I know it's just seventeen games and an extra team in the playoffs, but. I just feel like that would feel very different, very, um, I don't know, just very different from what we've known and seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, football has periodically changed throughout the years. They used to have a 12-game schedule back in the day, and then I think they jumped it to 14 and then now 16. So this would be uh, you know, another addition to the season that would extend it. I mean, I, I, you would think they'd add a, a second bye week during the regular season. I don't know if that's part of it, but you would think they would add another one so that teams aren't getting burnt out by having to play another game now. Um, and then, obviously, that would you know the the addition of the uh, third wild card team would add uh, a game between the second, the two seed, and that seven seed. So it would eliminate the first round bye for the two seed, making the one seed being the only team that gets a first round bye. So it would make things interesting. But 
some players are not really about it. We've heard Russell Wilson come out and say he's not about it. Aaron Rodgers has been very outspoken about Mm it. (laughs) On Instagram, Marquise Pouncey came out and said this in regards to the CBA. Man, it's so crazy, man. I vote no. NFLPA, the, the, the dudes at the top, the leaders, man, that. they ain't looking out for the best of the players. And if y'all want my vote, the Pouncy Twins vote no. And if any player, uh, any one of our teams, if y'all heard for rent money or anything while we go through this lockout, call us. Man, we got way more money than what they had back in the days. We ain't got to worry about that. All the vets on each team stand the fuck up. Stand up. Show these guys we care about them. Man, I care about all you young players, and I love you guys to death. I ain't going to let y'all down. Trust and believe. They trying to sign a bull I love Marquise. I love I love the Pouncy Twins because obviously Florida, but I, I love those guys because they are real and they are 100% themselves. I, I do love the solidarity you're seeing from a lot of these veteran mm-hmm. players, these more outspoken names. I can understand it from the perspective of the younger players, and that's the reason why I think this will actually get approved this will get voted in in into uh practice because a lot of these younger guys are looking at five billion dollars over 10 years well let's take it (laughs) and the problem is going to be that for the players coming in now they're going to be it's going to be tougher to adjust because we know that some of these guys hit a wall because they're not used to playing so many games during the regular season when they go to play in college Mm -hmm. now you're playing more before you even get to the playoffs. So I you know there's certainly some concern that they'll hit a wall there, but I think this CBA if you're looking at it from a monetary standpoint, it's good for the league. It's just a matter of player safety. And a lot of the players are not about it because they're worried if this is this actually going to be good from us from a health standpoint. And especially in today, everybody is so informed about what football does to you long term these guys want to be careful and that's the reason why I have no problem with these guys going out and saying yeah let's let's not ratify the first thing that we get in so that we can start getting on this money because you're going to get that money at some point anyways it's just a matter of finding the other provisions that are good enough for the players I mean it's definitely (laughs) he definitely wasn't shy he was not definitely came out and let us know what he thinks um, to your point, I was going to bring up as well. I appreciate that he's calling out other leaders um, from the text line. It says nobody makes less. Nobody that makes less than eight figures has spoken against it. I think that's a good point. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, because they're because not thinking about the money. Yeah, exactly. They're not thinking about the money. They're thinking about well, we well in there in the for the younger players. They're like we're we're trying to get money. That's what they're thinking about. But they're not thinking about the impact of the other provisions. And that's the problem with it is that they're thinking about that quick money. They're mm-hmm. not thinking about, okay, what about the other stuff? And how what long about, are you going to last? Exactly. And how long are, you know, how about this, that extra is this game? Feasible? Is this doable? Is this, mm-hmm. you know, and again, t- what I was starting to say is just like the leader. So he <laughs> wasn't shy at all about no. uh, just sharing his opinion, but also calling on other leaders to um, be influential and 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 kind of stand up and do that you know obviously in 2011 we did see a lockout uh do you think that is coming this year no, if this goes into play i don't think so because i i do a i think this is going to get voted in because the younger players are like we want this money we're trying to get rich now because football is the ultimate get rich quick sport it really is <laughs> You can go there and you can make money really, really quickly compared to like basketball where to get the really big contract. I mean, some guys will get the really big contract after their after their rookie deal. But like basketball, it's really hard to make it make it professionally. And on top of that, it's really hard to make the big time money. And then when you're talking about uh, when you're looking at um, like baseball, I mean, hell, you're probably not going to get paid for like a decade. So <laughs> these guys, they have, well, it's like seven years, but it's close to a decade. These guys are in a position where they can make money quick, and so they want to make money quick. And I'm not going to fault the younger players for trying to take that quick money, but they should listen to the veterans because the veterans know what they're talking about because they're thinking long-term, and the younger ones are thinking short-term trying to get that money quick. Speaking of the veterans, when we come back, we're going to share Aaron Rodgers' thoughts on the NFL CBA.
right, as we went to break there, we told you we would give you an update on Aaron Rodgers' uh, opinion and what he voted on the CBA. Obviously, the player representative of the Packers, and we know that they voted first uh, to see if it would even get sent to the players. Yeah, there was originally there was a there was a committee that voted six to five not to recommend it to the players. Then the player reps were the ones that voted on it, and they didn't even vote whether they agreed to it or not. They just voted to whether or not they were going to send it to the players. And Aaron Rodgers said he voted no on that. It was 17-14 in favor of sending it to the players, which is the reason why we're going to get the vote this week on it. And it's really, like I said, it's really interesting just because we obviously did have that lockout in 2011. And certainly now, I I mean, you look at it and like DeMarie Smith and the rest of the union have been trying to tell these players, hey, man, save your money. Do your part. Marquise Pounds, obviously, he on that Instagram video was like, hey, man, I got y'all. Which, by the way, Marquise Pouncing ain't rich enough to just make the house payments and but car he said, payments. Hey, you need of red money. Come to me. Him, him Marquise, and, and Marcus, they don't have enough money to pay all these guys' rent. Like, come on now. Ain't no way they're balling like that. There is no way that they got that much money. They're like, hey, I got your rent. Like, there's no way that's happening. I think that was just him trying to. You know, rally the troops. Who knows? But Aaron Rodgers came out with a, I mean, a pretty lengthy answer here, kind of yeah. a synopsis. My decision to vote no is based off the conversations I have had with the men in my locker room. He's asked to present them, so he feels like he needs to make sure he knows what's going on. The deal will affect every player that plays this game, and we have this decision. Um, you know, he goes on to say the 16 games. To me, it was never something to be negotiated. The owners made it clear that the 17th game is about paying for the added benefits and had nothing to do with positive feedback received from any extra risks involved. He also goes on to talk a little bit about, you know, there were issues raised about the workplace workload and the off-season program, which I think is wise, and that is, you know, the seasoned veteran in him. Um, but, you know, again, my involvement as a player rep and as a 15-year player in the in this great game, though, allows me this platform to share my opinion. And at, this, at the same time, requires me to speak on behalf of the sentiment I hear from my teammates. So he's saying, look, we're saying no for the better of the player. Yeah. Whether they know it because of maturity or not, he believes this is not, not a positive for players. And yeah. it's his role and responsibility to do that. So they voted no, but... You know, that's just, we'll see, I guess. And I, NFL is the greatest get rich, quick, uh, get rich quick scheme in all of sports. And that's what these players are looking at. And they're like, hey, I'm trying to get this money now. I'm not trying to wait a few years. I'm trying to get it now. So I can understand it, but I think they're a little short-sighted on that. Yeah. Well, a player who I truly believe plays the game because he loves it uh, came back from a life-threatening battle with cancer to continue playing the game is Eric Berry. And he is in the news again. Uh, we're hearing his name um, casually linked to the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Jim Trotter from NFL Network came out and said that there is reportedly a lot of interest coming from Indianapolis's football team and former Chief Safety Eric Berry. Um, would it hurt you guys to see him play for another team? You know, I'm a huge Eric Berry fan. We both came to the Chiefs in 2010. Um, oh, that's why. Yes. No, his battle with cancer. I lost my father to cancer. His yeah. first game back was my first game sideline reporting for the Chiefs. It was on my father's birthday. There's so many weird connections. But I also just love this guy. As a rookie, was a pro bowler, huge, influential, high-character guy, can talk the talk and walk the walk. He performs on the field, but he also was a leader from the jump, which I so admire. I It would be so hard for him, for me to see him in blue or any other color, but – just the fact that he came back from cancer, I want him to continue his career. I do. I am. I, I would cheer for him. Would I cheer for his team? No. Would I want him to sit on the bench for the rest of his life because he can't be a chief? No. Sure, I'd love him to be in red and gold, but we know that's not happening. So it wouldn't hurt me. Um, if anything, I, it, I would celebrate him and his battle and his, his you know, relentless pursuit to get back. Um, you know, just everything he did through his battle with his treatments. And he continues to do under the radar with not only being a you know a celebrated athlete but a cancer survivor i mean his mission is is never going to end he's always going to embrace his platform that he has and for that i will cheer for him wherever he goes yeah for on a personal level absolutely um, i'd be happy to see him back in the league back on the field playing i think from a from a fan's perspective being a chiefs fan 
I would say I'm a little disappointed that I felt like he didn't commit towards the end of that contract the way that I felt like, not necessarily that he owed the fans, but I was just a little bit disappointed that he didn't give it everything that he possibly could have. I didn't feel that way. That's just my personal view on it. I I mean, I think that's a reasonable take to have. A lot of fans felt that way just because of the fact that the way that he managed that 2018 season. I felt like season. he kind of took advantage of the situation yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you can, and you can make a case for that just because of the fact that, you know, you look at the team and you look at the way that they were performing, and he certainly could have helped that defense out. <laughs> and maybe we're talking about two straight Super Bowls. Shoot, well, who yeah. knows? But I, so I understand that point. I would not have an issue with it, seeing him go play somewhere else just because when you're in a situation like he is, you love playing football, you love making the money that you're making there. And if, Chiefs aren't going to have you, then you got to do what's best for you. So I don't have any issue with that. Go get your money wherever you are. Just know this. You ain't beating this Chiefs team when you play for the Colts. that's right. You ain't beating this Chiefs team when you play for the Colts. So have fun making your money. Have fun playing with Justin over in (laughs) Indianapolis. But just know that if you you happen to just so happen to play the Chiefs, you about to get burned by Tyreek Hill for two touchdowns. <laughs> he can still be bold, be brave, and be very. But Make your money, have fun, but you about to get burned for, by the Chiefs. But go Chiefs, right? <laughs> All right, we're out for overtime. Catch us uh, in a couple weeks, and always follow us online as well. Peace. Overtime with Jillian and Chris, 610 Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.